from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It's never too early to look around the landscape of quarterbacks in the NFL and figure out where the pressure lies. As some of our best experts look at the list, I think particularly in the AFC, everybody might be getting it wrong. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just ask them politely to play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. And look, a friend, a friend of the show, Dan Orlovsky, right? Like, Harry, I think we can both agree that we wildly respect Dan Orlovsky, his ability to break things down, his ability to look at lists, his ability to break down particularly what he sees at the quarterback position, right? Like, we can agree Orlovsky is very good at what he does, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, good. Now that we've said that, boy, did he get this wrong. Uh, look, <laughs> Dan had to give everybody on Get Up his list of AFC quarterbacks with the most pressure in 2023. Okay, so he gave us at number five, Lamar Jackson. At number four, Tua Tungavaloa. At number mm. three, Mac Jones. At number two, Deshaun Watson. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. But specifically, this is what he told us when he was justifying the pressure uh, that we can be looking for for one Lamar Jackson. This is what he said about Lamar's pressure at number five on his list. Now they are going to go to a more pass-happy offense. This is by far the most talented skill group he's had. Two first-round wide receivers in Baltimore in the last three years, plus Odell Beckham Jr., really big deal. There's a lot of pressure for Lamar to take the next step. All of those reasons, in my mind, Harry, are why Lamar is actually at the top of the list. Haters are out here waiting to hate on Lamar Jackson. Doubters are out here waiting to doubt on Lamar Jackson. People that have never watched a minute of college football that don't realize how well he threw the ball at Louisville are waiting for the opportunity for one ball to fall on the ground, and then they'll say, oh, Lamar can't throw, I told you. Right, they're waiting for one hit on Lamar for them to say, look, they gave him all this money. Like, the haters are just waiting on the sides, ready to pounce at anything Lamar does that they don't view as absolute perfection, and for that reason, in my mind, Lamar actually goes to the top of this list. Lamar, in my mind, is going to be so scrutinized, he's number one. And I think it's fair. Let's give our listeners the list that Dan had. He had Aaron Rodgers at number one. Well, hold on. Who did he have at number one? Aaron yeah, Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Deshaun Watson at number two. Mac Jones at number three. Tua Tungavaloa at number four. And Lamar Jackson at five. So for me personally, Fitz, I think there is a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson this season. But I don't think his pressure eclipses Aaron Rodgers in my eyes. I will put, personally, Lamar Jackson at number two. I think when you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's leaving Green Bay, and the organization basically gave up on him. They say, Jordan Love is our guy now. We're going to ship you to the New York Jets, in which that team feels like they're a quarterback away, and a lot of people across the league feels that way as well. I think there's more pressure on Aaron Rodgers to get, to get it done because – his career is probably going to be over, if not this year, in a few years. So he doesn't have time on his side. Now, having Lamar Jackson at number two, I think when you look at the people that they have brought in and you look at the run game and J.K. Dobbins is going to be there. Also, Ronnie Stanley is going to be there for game one. 
that run game is not going to go anywhere. Todd Munkin coming in to revitalize the offense from a passing standpoint. You look at, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and the two tight ends that they have as well. I think Lamar Jackson being on that list at number two is very, very fair. At number three, I have... Deshaun Watson, because watching Deshaun Watson, and we knew it was going to be Russ coming off the seat, uh, not playing football for a very, very long time. He has a lot to prove if he's still that guy. And he and can he be that guy for a guaranteed contract? And which was the, the only thing that ever happened in NFL history for a player, especially a quarterback. At number four, I have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had a terrible year last year. Sean Payton came to this football team and switched a lot of things up that Russell Wilson was able to do in the way he was treated, which was basically let's let Russ do what he wants to do. That's no longer going to happen in Denver. And if he's not playing up to his capability, Sean Payton doesn't care how much money he's going to be making. If he feels like he has to change the quarterback, he's going to do that. And he has the power to do it as well. At number five, I have Mac Jones. Because Mac Jones got replaced by Bailey Zappi last year because he wasn't living up to his capabilities like he did in his rookie season. I do not have on my list Tua Tungvaloa because Tua showed us last year that he can be that number one guy and deliver the football and be consistent. But what Tua, what I think the one thing that's hanging over Tua's head right now is the health. And when it comes to concussions, I don't think he can, he can. I'm trying to figure out the word. He can't impact that. Like he can't impact. He can't. He can't. Yes, that's that's just a part of the game. Yeah, I I I totally agree with you about Tua. Like he's not on my list of pressure either. I I will say maybe I maybe I'm the one that's partying too hard right now. But I've got Lamar number one on my list. There's no doubt about that. I've actually got Deshaun at number two on my list, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, because my only thought with Deshaun Watson is that Cleveland gave up how much. And they didn't give up how much, not just in equity, but in also the, the conversations we've been having for the last two years about Deshaun. They gave that up. And at the time, I said, how much do they have to win for it to be worth it? And the answer I got from so many experts was, well, they got to be a Super Bowl caliber team. They're nowhere near that right now. So if things, go, if Deshaun Watson doesn't look much better this year, it's going to be, the, the presumption will be Deshaun Watson's just absolutely never going to be able to knock off the rust from missing the time he missed. His career is going to be over. And Deshaun Watson will have to then start rebuilding the entire narrative of his career like I think Deshaun is number two on my list Aaron Rodgers and I I might even put Russ three on my list for the exact reasons you mentioned I I, you're putting Russ now with a Hall of Fame coach like Mm -hmm. Sean Payton if Sean Payton can't fix fix Russell Wilson nobody can this is what Orlovsky and Dan Graziano ESPN NFL insider and uh, analyst respectively said on, on get up about why Russell Wilson is not on Orlovsky's list at all Greeny, if you took Russell Wilson and the Broncos and you put them in the AFC South, I'd be totally on board with you. But because they play in the AFC West and he's got to go through Patrick Mahomes and he's got to go through Justin Herbert, I think that there's a little bit from at least me, like this grace extended of those are two mountains that you got to go through. Russell wants to be thought of as an all-time great. He's got to show something. He has to show something like that. Like I can compete with Patrick Mahomes. I I agree. I mean, there's a lot. I don't think there's more pressure on him than these five guys just strictly because of what's expected from them this season. 
I, and I totally disagree. I mean, Broncos, Broncos country is expecting. Let's ride. They're expecting something huge this year with Sean Payton coming in. They're expecting a return on investment. No football player this year has made more money or will make more money than Russell Wilson. You can't tell me that that's from Forbes. You can't tell me that that there isn't pressure that comes with that, Harry. Well, I don't think being in a certain division excuses him from the fact that he needs to play well and has pressure on him. What, what does being in a certain division have to do with anything like that? Yeah. Right. I, I, I just I don't understand that logic. We're talking about a guy in Russell Wilson in his career who's thrown over 40,000 yards, thrown for over 40,000 yards, 308 touchdowns, 98 interceptions, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, a guy who's been to two. We're talking about a guy who – when he got to Denver, a lot of people were seeing Russell Wilson as being the savior, being one quarterback away from being that team. So I don't think the division has anything to do with it. I think, you know, performing at a high level, performing at the level that they, everyone expected you to perform at when you got to Denver has a lot to do with it. I, I think individual performance has to matter here. Like I, to, to Orlovsky's point, I'm not even talking about wins and losses. I'm just talking about the fact that if Russell Wilson comes in this year and doesn't play well, what are we going to say? Now that he has Sean Payton, the the epic Sean Payton, the great Sean Payton as his coach, if Russell Wilson comes out and sucks this year, we're going to turn around and say Russell Wilson sucks. We can't blame a coach. This isn't going to be Nathaniel Hackett getting fired. This is going to be, man, if Sean Payton can't fix Russell Wilson, he can't be fixed. Like, that's pressure. Like, that, you want to talk about a narrative. If, if Russell Wilson comes out and doesn't play well this year, then the entire conversation about the Broncos will be that Russell Wilson sucks. Well, and you also just look at his numbers from last year, Fitz. He was 31st in completion percentage. Right, He was tied for first in the National Football League in sacks. Is that all him? No, but sometimes if you hold the football too long, yes, it's all on you. And then he only had 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. His QBR was 36.7. That was near the bottom. His quarterback rating was 84.4. That was near the bottom. Russell Wilson has to be better, and that's why he's on our list. Yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind. You know, I'll, I'll put Aaron Rodgers somewhere in that 3-4-5 list to, to me, and I think being with the Jets and being in New York and the amount of attention, I, I can buy why you're putting him too. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. But I'm looking at the entire trajectory of the way we'll talk about a career forever. We will talk about Deshaun Watson's career differently forever if he doesn't play well this year. We will talk about the career forever of, of uh, several of these quarterbacks differently. Mac Jones, to your point, he doesn't play well this year. We're going to talk about him differently forever. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well. For a year, we'll talk about it, and then he'll still be a first ballot Hall of Famer, <laughs> and everybody will still say, look at Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the inevitability that comes with it. For all that being said, we got huge news today from one team, one starting quarterback in the NFL that has told us their team has already quit on the season. I'll explain what I mean next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. If you're like me, OTAs start, you get excited, you're looking at all the tweets, 
You're looking for weird practice things that your team's doing. You're reading every report that comes out. So, innocently, I pull up reports to see what's going on for my beloved Raiders at OTAs. Only to find out today that they obviously gave up on the season. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Now, you might be saying, Harry, I'm a little dramatic. I'm a little dramatic. You might say that. But here, this is this is what we find out today. As we enter OTAs, maybe no big deal. You walk in and you say, okay, we, we, we didn't see Jimmy Garoppolo. We didn't see Jimmy Garoppolo at OTAs. Well, then all of a sudden, reports start circulating everywhere that Jimmy Garoppolo underwent surgery on his injured left foot after signing a free agent contract with the team in March. A league source has confirmed to ESPN the, quote, all trending great, according to that source. This is what Josh McDaniels, Raiders head coach, said at his press conference about Jimmy G not being out there. You won't see him today. There's a number of guys that you're not going to see. Uh, again, I'm not going to – you'll see him. I mean, I'm not going to run down a list every time here. But, um, you know, no, he's he's going through his process just like we knew he would. Um, nothing has happened that would surprise us based on, you know, the information we had, you know, rehabbing the things that they're rehabbing. And, again, we know we don't play a game for – over 100 days so they're doing everything they can do to to get right and when they're all ready to go then eventually they'll be be back on the field so remember this harry remember Mm -hmm. that when they were going to do the introductory press conference all of a sudden things were delayed right according to multiple sources uh, and the athletic is reporting right now that the raiders during the physical at that discovered that his injury from week 13 last year was going to require surgery they signed him they then did that surgery post signing him and now they remain and this is the word that gets me Hopeful he'll be ready by the start of training camp. Hopeful. (laughs) So you're sitting there with the seventh pick in the draft in a quarterback-rich draft where you may have been able to move up and try and get yourself somebody. May have been able to answer the quarterback situation if you really felt you needed to. And instead, the Raiders are now just hopeful Jimmy G is going to be available. And if he isn't, well, maybe they'll just use the juggernaut combination of Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell that they drafted in the fourth. This tells you that the Raiders knew they weren't going to be competitive. Just relax. You just relax. You're not not going to have to pay for that marvelous steak dinner for me, Evan, and Devin just yet, man. Just No, because the Giants are going to suck too. I've got some hope. But but here's the thing though, and, and this me. is this is what coaches used to get get up in the meeting room when we had off season training and also training camp. The number one goal as a head coach for most of these teams is to get your guys to the opener healthy. And I understand Jimmy Garoppolo had a surgery or whatnot, but if he's able to make it to the opener healthy, then he's good to go. Then he's good to go. Now the thing that concerns me is that Jimmy Garoppolo has had so many injuries over the past few years that it's starting to become troublesome now. And I think a higher concern needs to be made for any team that Jimmy Garoppolo goes to, even if it wasn't the Raiders. I think now is a time where you really got to start looking at things through a micro, uh, through a, through a, uh, a micro lens uh, or macro lens, it, 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 that is, because Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt entirely too much time. You have, you have Brian Hoyer, but Fitz, what has always been my reasoning for the Las Vegas Raiders moving forward in next year? Is you're playing for Caleb Williams. You're playing, you're for, playing Cal- for Caleb Williams. This, this now, is I, can, I, can, I can understand why Devontae Adams doesn't like that because a guy of his caliber who is probably still the best wide receiver in the National Football League wants to win now. 
But if you're the Raiders organization and you know the quarterback position is so important and you know the division that you're going to be in with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, this might be a path to be able to get a quarterback that can contend with the rest of the quarterbacks in the AFC. I, I hear all of that. I'm just – Jimmy G and, – and I know a lot of this is funny money, but a three-year, $72 million contract on March Ooh, 17th. Woo. And let me just let me, let me me just read this from, from the Twitter, all right? Jimmy G isn't on the field for OTAs. An exact recovery timeline is unknown, though the sense from the team is he'll be ready for the season. The sense from the team. Like, that's not a confident. Like, the sense from the team is he'll be ready for the season. I mean, what, 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 what the hell is that, Harry? Like, But, uh, but, but, I, but I, I'm here to for you to see the positive mm. in negatives. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility, Fitz, in next year's NFL draft that you were drafting you because you're a Raiders fan and the Raiders, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Would you take that? Would you take that? No, yeah, 100%. 100%. Here's what I want. I want the Raiders to be good enough that they have to trade a bunch to move up in the draft and then get that quarterback. I want to have my cake and eat it too, Harry. I don't want to sit there and watch Brian. Like, I love Brian Horry, by the way. He's actually a buddy of mine, so I have to tell people this. Like, I am saying this with tremendous love and respect for somebody that is a great human being. I don't want to watch Brian Hoyer play 17 games this year. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate your friendship. <laughs> My God, I don't want to watch Brian Hoyer play all season. Like, come on, man. What about Aiden O'Connell? You don't want to see him? I'm going to end up buying steak for everybody. <laughs> like, it's going to be steak and lobster. Like, Here, here's another thing I, I, mean, my I would tell you to go watch down out in for. Flames. Like, how do you. Um, go ahead. There's another thing I would tell you to watch out for because I'm looking at. Good rates the, on the rehab? Ra- the Raiders drafting <laughs> Zamir White in 2022. Don't be surprised if some of his snaps go up mm-hmm. because Josh Jacobs is on that franchise tag. And if they can get some good play out of Z- Zamir White, they can move on from Josh Jacobs in the future as well. I, I agree with you. Here's the other thing I would say. I think what the organization is now telling you, I think the Raiders are telling quite simply, quite transparently, that they understand this is a two-year rebuild. I yes. think the Raiders are telling you today – that no matter what happens this year, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler will be back. I think the Raiders are telling you right now, if they signed a quarterback knowing that his foot was going to need surgery and he may not even be available until they get to the season, what the Raiders are telling you is that this season is just a building platform towards next year. So even if the Raiders are, in your words, in, in looking for Caleb Williams, if they end up going 3-14, and 14, what the Raiders have told you by the way this season has already started with OTAs in two days is that Mark Davis understands what the long-term sales pitch is. Josh McDaniels, I believe, has, has convinced, and Dave Ziegler, has convinced the organization that they, don't, they can't get it done in one year. It's going to take at least two years. In my mind, what we're seeing right now is the patience platform play forward. All I can start to say is the very thing I roll my eyes at. Trust the process, because the Raiders have obviously convinced the organization that this is going to take a process. I'm not sure they're wrong, but there's no way you give that much money to a quarterback that's got a hurt foot. Don't draft quarterback in any way that can make a viable difference and then not tell your owner hey this is a two-year process so here's the problem that I have with the Raiders if that's the route they're deciding to go I think the Arizona Cardinals is going to be one of the worst football teams in the National Football League Mm -hmm. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be right there with them as well so now those are two teams that I just mentioned that you're probably going to be fighting with for those top two picks for Caleb Williams and Drake May so you also got to be careful 
and play your cards the, in the correct manner. It's also weird because you mentioned Devontae Adams, and he is one of the best wide receivers. Josh J- Jacobs last year had a spectacular year. Max Crosby is in the prime. The yep. Raiders have enough players that they'll be too good to get the first overall pick, and those are players that are literally having years of their life wasted on a team that now is not going to be competitive. In my mind, they did not put themselves in a situation where com- competition moves forward if they put themselves in this situation with their Man, court. let me see. What, 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 what steakhouse do me, Evan, and Devin want to eat? Outback, I hope. Uh, long no, we say, no. Did we say it was uh, one, just one drink? Uh, one, but one any drink, drink right? One, like one a, drink, yeah. One, one, like any, any drink, though? Like, but we can't, we can't be crazy. We can't be ordering no Louis the 13th. You know, like. I, I just want to remind everybody, oh, Chili's, damn, right. Chili's has delightful steak. I don't know if you guys have tried the... the, the Chili's the, baby, baby back ribs. Barbecue sauce. Capital Grill. Okay, I love I love I uh, love Capital Grill. Grill. Listen, I'm not I'm not bougie like that. Any any free meal I'll take. Trust me. Well, you all need I'm, to well, I'm bougie Horizons. like Flemings. that. And Flemings we're going is going to be a the nice five star restaurant with Flemings. a nice meal in front of all of us. I'm still I'm still Team Flemings. I would take Flemings, Flemings is good too. I would take Flemings over. I'll be getting Chris. a steak and not a chicken breast. I can tell you that much. Okay. Yeah, especially not no dry chicken breast. Okay. One of the great t- trash talkers in sports history. I mean, ever. One of the best trash talkers ever in sports. Is going to join us next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5, Heated Celtics. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. We'll see you, Boston. Can yet again stave off elimination. I'm excited for this. You know what? Sometimes I, I need this in my life. I just spent some time venting about my beloved Raiders and Jimmy G. I need some joy. We're going to get some joy now. And we love having uh, we love having different guests on. This one is awesome. Patrick Renna, actor. You know him from The Sandlot. It's the 30th anniversary of The Sandlot this year. Patrick played the iconic role of the great Hambino. This is awesome, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging out with us. For you to be part of such an iconic movie as a kid, what does it mean to you when you get to watch it now as an adult? Oh, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, that that's a good question. I... I've probably seen the movie like three times in my life. Uh, I know that's terrible to say, but uh, my Sandlot is like the Goonies. So I've seen that a million times, but it kind of just has a different feeling for me because I remember all the behind the scenes things. And uh, so the the on-camera things aren't as ingrained in my mind as the other stuff, but it's sort of like two different lifetimes, I guess I I would say, because I, sometimes I feel young still and sometimes I feel older than dirt it's weird (laughs) (laughs) well you you have young kids as a lot of people do in this world nowadays but one of those few times that you watched a movie has it been with your little ones i my my oldest is six my youngest is almost three so he's a little young but my six-year-old has watched it a little bit um but again we watched the goonies all the way through a couple weeks ago and he loved it he didn't get scared i couldn't believe it but i think he, i think they get confused by the sandlot because 
they they love watching my TikToks and you know any any movies I have currently done because I look like I do now. But uh, you know, and I obviously look similar to how I did then. But I think they go, "Why is Dad a kid?" I don't get it. So I think they get a little confused by it. So let's talk trash talking because my co-host here, Harry Douglas, noted trash talker on a football field. Mm. Uh, obviously, noted trash talking in the movie. Uh, how much of that was like? Did you practice it? Was trash talking something that you were getting ready for off cam? Were you like trash talking everybody? How did that work out for you? Oh no, I, I would say they they found when they cast us all, they they were looking for people that had the character in them. So I've been a ham my whole life. I'm from Boston. And uh, I've been a trash talker since I was in Boston all the way through to L.A. So that, that came pretty naturally. Because like I'm also five you. foot six and I play basketball. So I have a, I have a, a nice little J and some trash talking. That's all I got. They, I, uh, I'm with, definitely wow. not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a rim protector. Let's just say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was that ad libbed or was it scripted when you were when you were going off? Uh, that was, so the director had a bullhorn in the dugout and he just rolled, he rolled one shot. That was one take that we did and every batter would come up and then I'd trash talk and they'd go down and he would either, I would ad lib it or he would yell some funny line at me. Like I'm sure I'd shave his, you know, that my dog was as ugly as you and I'd shave his butt and teach him to walk backwards. I think that was the director. Would, and he would just yell these lines out at me, and then I'd kind of chuckle, and he'd say, "Hey, we're rolling. Let's do it. Let's do it." You know. Uh, so it was a little combo, but it was it was a very unique uh, experience to just have each batter kind of coming up as I trash talked them down. So tell us about the new movie, Boys of Summer, where you now play an umpire. How would the umpire yep. have handled Hambino's trash talking? Oh wow! Uh, that I mean, he would have tossed him out of the game in this day and age, 100. percent You you don't, <laughs> you don't last more than a couple innings trash talking like that. Uh, but it was great. You know, the cool thing about Boys of Summer is there's this. There were uh, a number of young uh, actors in this movie too. I, I'm guessing you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds, and that's about how old I was when I did the Sandlot. So it was a great experience to ha- be on the you know to to be the adult now, the sort of Dennis Leary and Karen Allen from Sandlot with this new generation. It was, it was a lot of fun to, to hang with them at lunchtime. I wouldn't sit with the adults. I'd go straight to the kids table and sit with them. And they loved it. Cause I just felt like that's where I belong still. I think it's awesome too. You have the Hambino athletics clothing line out there. Like when you're just walking around, do people just come up and quote the movie to you all the time? Yeah, you know, it, it happens pretty pretty regularly. I can't grow a beard, so I look exactly the same. So it's a blessing and a curse. But, uh, you know, the cool thing is it's it's a, a door opener wherever I go, and everyone has very fond memories, so you get to start great new conversations. And then I just, you know, yeah, with him being athletics, since it's such a big part of my life and there's no, there's no hiding from it, I, you know, decided to lean into it and just, uh, create something because I had seen all these shirts out there and I have some really close friends of mine that are in the fashion industry and I, I teamed up with one of them. She's the creative director of Hambino Athletics, Jesse Wilner. So we just kind of did this together and she does all the cool fashion parts to it and I just, you know, wear the clothes, the, the comfortable athleisure. So Patrick, I know that you're working with Dairy Queen to celebrate the return of the S'mores 
Blizzard. There's no bigger icon when it comes to s'mores, and the new Summer Blizzard menu has five flavors to enjoy this baseball season. Most notably, s'mores Blizzard's like, are you are you housing Blizzard? Like, I'm more of a Misty Freeze guy. Like, I like the cherry Misty Freeze. Half uh, It's what? half ice cream. It's half slushy, Harry. Like, when you're a fat kid, like I was growing up, like, that, you eat these all the time. Uh, I'm more, but, but, like, look, talk to me on the Blizzard. Maybe you can talk me into uh, opening my horizons. No, I'm I I'm definitely a Blizzard guy. Soft serve ice cream, anything in that ballpark is my jam. I'm not like a I'm not that slushy kind of guy. And trust me, I it's I think it's rated it is rated number one by fans. The S'mores Blizzard, and I know why because I think I ate two or three of them when I was filming these commercial slots for them. So, uh, and it was the best day of my life. It's the most delicious thing you'll eat. I'm, I'm gonna um, have to try the I mean, S'mores one. Yeah, the s'mores one is so good. But the other ones are, I mean, the the peanut butter one they have out right now is delicious, too. I mean, there's so many great flavors. But this one's kind of next level. Um, Because who doesn't love s'mores, you know? Little chocolate bits and mixed with ice cream. It's it's pretty special. Yeah, there's no chance I'm not going. I'm getting one after after this show ends. I'm just going to go. I'm going to find a Dairy Queen around here. I'm going to house that thing. Uh, I know we got to yeah. let you go, but I got to ask you, you're you're from Boston. You're a Red Sox fan. How you feeling? Like, I, I mean, what's the level of, of like, you know, where, where are you on this season so far? Well, I mean, I'm focusing on the Celtics right now because I, I feel like we're still there, right? We're like, we're, <laughs> it's not over. Not over. <laughs> Listen, uh, there's hope. If anyone, there, I there's hope. Know uh-huh. about this. Yeah, the Red Sox. I don't know if you remember 2004 Yankees. We did it, 03. So maybe it's just a Boston thing to come back from 03. That is, I love that that's the reference. You're right, and it only reminds me how blessed Boston sports fans. Like, I don't know. It's just not fair. Uh, Patrick, man, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Thanks for the time. Uh, congratulations on everything with Dairy Queen, and obviously thanks for giving us a lifelong memory with the sound. Although I'm with you on the Goonies, love. Uh, you know, Sandlot, yeah. we, we appreciate uh, the, the memories you've given us. Well, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. That's Patrick Renna, uh, 30th anniversary of the Sandlot. And uh, also, now all I want is a s'mores blizzard. That's all I can think of at this point. I, I've, you got to finish the show. All eyes are on the heat tonight. We'll tell you why they shouldn't be. Ha-ha! That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Up right circle down to the goal line. Kachuk in first shot. He scores! He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, a power play goal! It's 4 3 Panthers with 4.3 seconds to go in regulation time. The Panthers take a 4 3 lead in the waiting seconds. A power play goal for Matthew Kachuk. Panthers are 4.3 seconds away from an Eastern Conference championship. For the first time since 1996, the Florida Panthers are headed to the Stanley Cup final behind Keith Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Keith's kid. Sorry, I got all my Kachuks going, Kachucky, all over the place. 560 WQAM on the call there. Matthew Kachuk gets the big goal 4-3 4-3 win. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry, 
the future opponent of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I'm just getting willy-nilly with the predictions <laughs> out here. The uh, Golden Knights tonight have the chance to do the same, but the sweep is on uh, because the Florida Panthers have eliminated Carolina. And uh, look, it, it's at one hand you could say it was a sweep, but check this out. Rob Brindamore, the Hurricanes head coach, says, ah, it wasn't really a sweep. He's going to look back and everyone's going to say you got swept. And That's not what happened. I watched the game. I'm there. I'm cutting the game. We're we're in the game. That that we didn't get, we didn't lose four games. We we got beat, but it's, you know, we were right there, and this could have went the other way, and this could have been four games the other way. I'm laughing, Fitz. What rock is he living under? Uh, yeah. Like when when if you lose every game in a series, what what coach they don't call it a sweep? What they call it a, they call it a broom. <laughs> What do they call it, a broom? Mar- margin of victory doesn't matter in a sweep. You lost four games to none. It doesn't really matter that every game was close in the process. I mean, and again, Kachuk, uh, by the way, had three oh, game winners goodness. in this series alone. That's the second most we've ever seen in a series. Uh, three in this series, right? Like, he's been spectacular, but let's just face it. 4-0 is 4-0. That's a sweep. It is, and I got to give Matthew Kachuk a lot of credit because I'm going to go all the way back to the series when they played the the Boston Bruins, who a lot of people picked to win the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Game five with the Panthers back against the wall, down 3-1 in overtime, he scored the goal to send it to a game six. Game six, he has two goals and, a, and an assist uh, to actually tie the series at 3-3. They go back and they win game seven, right? They send Boston home, but it's the Four overtime goal in game one versus, you know, um, who they're playing right now? Carolina. Carolina versus Carolina. Then it's the second, the the goal number two in game two uh, to win in overtime. The hockey assist to Reinhardt in game three, which the only goal was that was scored. And then the two goals last night, and one of those came with seconds on the clock. Just the clutch gene and to be able to perform at a high level when your team needs you the most, but also against Boston when your back was against the wall. The moment isn't too big for Kachuk, and I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to do in the Stanley Cup Finals. Not saying they're going to win it. I'm just interested to see if it's going to continue when they figure out who they're going to face. Ah, Vegas tonight, by the way. You know what? Let's, That's what we're hoping for. The real question is going to be, can Miami tonight do what the Panthers did last night? And for that, let's maybe have some fun with some Fitz picks. Oh, give me money, money, money. Time to build your balance. Give me the money. This is Fitz picks. Give me the money. All right, Fitzpix coming at you. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, I got to make a pick for tonight. And I'm going to tell you something, Harry. I'm just going to tell you right now. I I, I was looking at my app a minute ago because I just wanted to look at it and figure out, like, you know what it looked like? Miami on the money line was plus 250. I went in and dropped 100 bucks on that. Miami is winning this game tonight. I'm telling you. Smart man. I'm telling you, Miami is winning this game tonight. The season's going to come to a close for Boston. I don't trust the Celtics at all in this game. I have been saying for how many days I don't give a damn that this game is back in Boston. I trust Himothy. There is one person I trust. It's it's Jimmy Butler, all right? it is. Th- there is one person in this whole series I trust. There is one coach in this whole series I trust, and that's Spo, right? Like, at the end of the day for me, I, I don't really care about any of the other variables. I am all in on Miami eliminating Boston because if the argument is that Boston is the better team, they haven't been the better team for three and a half out of four games, they will not be the better team tonight. Miami will win, and this series will be done to done 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 i think you should have waited for your bets okay. and you know why 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 because oh, uh, in the these looking. conference finals 
Son of a bitch. Biscuit. Whichever looky that we choose and we go with, the team wins. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing. Uh, we draw, we we write these little lookies, right? And a lookie is the thing that we read afterwards. So like when you when you're listening to ESPN Radio and we say, you know, coming up tomorrow, we write this all the time. Like Evan writes these these lookies coming up tomorrow, right? And so the one that turns out to be the funniest every time we read it is the one that it turns out to be the the game winner. That's what happens. See, Fitz, I think. <sighs> I'm kind of mad that you've put a hundred bucks on this because now, and, and you're the, the no, sancti- no, 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 the sanctity of the lucky. You've told me all along you can't go into it with favorites. I feel like you're gonna make try to make the heat. No, nope. yeah, yeah, man. I no, think no, you're I, gonna I, try I, to make I, that I, better. I, you have money on the line. Now. I mean, I just had to do a segment where I make picks for the people. I couldn't wait to I see what the lookies know, look like. I don't know. I mean, there, there was no option here. Like, there was no option here. I, 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 I had to make a pick. Like, it's Fitz picks. It's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. I have to actually make every moment more. That's two reads. You could have picked. We've had something going good here, and I think you may have messed it up. You know what? I'm a total you, pro. I'm still going to read the lookies the way that we're supposed to read the lookies. But you could have given, you've done this in the past. You could have given your pick, could have been Jason Tatum over points, Jimmy Butler oh, over points. Oh, I could have done that. Marcus yeah. Smart over turnovers. Like, that's going to happen. So mm, you could have just gone one. with a player prop <laughs> instead of just putting money oh, on the game. Now, that's yeah. probably pretty Now good. you have ruined. The lucky. You've compromised a great thing that we had going. You've compromised the integrity of the entire show. You you know what? You're not wrong. I, I feel like I, I let the I you know I let America down. That's what I did. I let I, I let everybody down. Uh, I, I I don't know though. I, I feel I still feel strong about it. I look. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it like a professional. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna read it like a professional. You guys will get to make the decision on what you think the funniest lookie is, and then we'll see. I'm just telling you right now, uh, Harry. If you had to pick right now without reading the lookies, who do you think is gonna win tonight's game? Why you want to bring me into it? Because you messed up, and you trying to make me mess up with I you. I didn't mess up. Stop. I didn't mess up. I'm just saying, like, at some point, I trust, I, you know what? I trust Miami. I don't care. Uh, Evan will have written the cutest of all of the lookies. It will be for Miami. The streak will continue, and everything will be just fine. But I'm picking Miami. Aha! Aha! <laughs> See? See what's happening here. He is Himothy. That's all I'm saying. Jimmy Butler will lead Miami to victory. Uh, I am confident in that. I, I haven't seen the lookies yet, so hopefully Evan wrote them the right way. If not, we'll see what they, they look like. Coming up, Kenny and Carlin will keep breaking it down in the uh, in just this unique way, only that we can on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, thanks for hanging out with us. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.